Lord, thank you so much for Dave. Thank you so much for, uh, for his uh, just life of serving you. Thank you, Lord, for the inspiration he is. Thank you for the gifts that you've given him. And I pray, Lord, today you'd help him as he communicates. But, Lord, actually you would help us to receive what it is that you want to say to us this morning. Lord, we know that we're full of information, but we do need transformation. We need to be changed by your word. And so we listen to you this morning. Amen. Amen. Great stuff. It's wonderful to be with you here in presence, in physical nature, as well as um, those of you online. Although, those of you online, just to say, you don't need to adjust the colour on your television. I am this colour, having spent too much time in the sun yesterday. Um, I'm going to be following on our series on Philippians. Um, Deborah did a wonderful job last week of introducing it, although to criticise her son for cheating in front of the whole church, I thought was a bit bold, but anyway. Um, So, we're looking at uh, the subject of a joyful heart today. And I just wanted to say that um, Philippians is a really precious book to me because um, I used to be director of a mission agency and that mission agency was working in Europe. And Philippians is so important to Europe because, of course, it was the first place in mainland Europe to hear the gospel. So Paul was standing in mainland, in mainland, uh, sorry, in mainland Turkey, looking across at, um, across the strait from Troas, which I can show you a picture of. So in the distance across the sea, he could see Europe, and it says he had a vision of a man from Macedonia inviting him to come over. Now, here's a free thing for you. Macedonia, area of Greece, where um, Alexander was from, really important to the Greek people, so they were a little bit narked when the people of Yugoslavia, when Yugoslavia disintegrated, decided to call part of one of their regions Macedonia. So that's why when you're watching the Euros, North Macedonia is actually former Yugoslavia, part of your former Yugoslavia, rather than the Macedonia that Paul's talking about here. You can have that for free. So, the reason it's important is because, of course, this is where Paul receives the gospel, this call to take the gospel to Europe. And we read about, therefore, in the beginning of Philippians, one of the reasons he's so excited and so full of joy about this church in Philippi is not just because he helped found it, but because they were partnering with him in the gospel. So it says back in chapter 1, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And he is so full of joy about this partnership for two reasons. One, they are partnering with him personally in the mission God has given him. But they are also partnering, partnering together with each other as they share the gospel where they find themselves. And so it seems really appropriate to be talking about Philippians on this Global Partnership Sunday. Now, this first point, partnership with Paul in what the mission God gave him, they demonstrated this by having an offering. So they collected some money and they sent it with one of their guys. Now, I've got an artist's impression of Epaphroditus. So this is Epaphroditus who took the money from the church in Philippi to Paul. And I can relate to Epaphroditus because in my role for the mission agency, I did something similar. Now, I was very fortunate in my previous life, if you like, when I was working for an investment bank, to travel all over the world, and I went to Moscow. Now, when I arrived in Moscow, I was met by a driver, um, a blacked-out Mercedes, and a bodyguard, because there'd been a number of Western businessmen that had been kidnapped. So I went with a degree of trepidation. But I had a bodyguard. It was very nice. Then when I started working for the the mission agency, obviously, my method of transport got slightly downgraded. And so I found myself arriving in Moscow airport with $25,000 in my bag that I was taking to the church in Moscow. So a bit like Epaphroditus. And I arrived in Moscow airport with all this money, very nervous about carrying this amount of money into a country which 
can be a bit dangerous at times. Now, I saw, found this picture online, but decided he was far too cheery. It didn't give you the sense of danger I felt. So, I arrive in customs. Have you got anything to declare? Yes. What's that then, sir? 25,000 US dollars. The guy doesn't believe me. So the customs agent asks me to show him. Now, there is a queue of people behind me. Every time someone left the room, the double doors opened, and a massive crowd of leather-clad Russians standing in the lobby looked in. And they were all watching me count out 25,000 US dollars. I was convinced I was going to die, that this was my last day on earth, that nothing good was going to happen to me. And so as I stepped through the double doors with the money back in the bag, thinking I was going to be whisked off in a car, never to be seen again, thankfully I saw the familiar face of our partner in Moscow, who whisked me out of the airport and took me to the church. So I relate to Epaphroditus in terms of the nervousness of carrying money, but also our partners were so delighted not just to receive the cash, but to know that someone somewhere else was thinking about them, praying for them, and encouraging them. And that's why it's so appropriate that Philippians is what we're talking about today. Because Global Partnership Weekend is when we think about how we, like Epaphroditus, are sending funds and prayers to support the work of our partners who are doing what God has called them to do. So it seems really appropriate to be talking about that today. But also, I want us to think a little bit more about this idea of, God's, of Paul's joy with the church in Philippi over the fact that they were partnering with each other. So we're going to read a little bit from Philippians. So this is from chapter 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So I'm going to jump on a little bit. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything, now this is the tough one, without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. So partnership in the mission God has given us. And what I want to do is look at how our heart is really important as we engage in mission. And the first thing we want to look at is this idea of having a grateful heart. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united from, with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Here's the thing, when you become a Christian, you are delighted to have this new relationship with Jesus. It's really exciting. It's fantastic. The only problem is you then discover that you now have brothers and sisters. It's a bit like when you find this beautiful woman, 
and you begin to date them, and then you meet the parents. Now, I don't know if you've seen Meet the Parents, but this idea that actually this poor guy discovers that his girlfriend's parents are actually slightly psychotic. And the reality of being a believer is often when we come into church and we encounter the body of Christ for the first time, we encounter all sorts of people. Some of them will instantly like, some of them will just click with straight away, but some of them are going to be a challenge. I say that as someone who is frequently a challenge. So the reality is, Paul is saying here, remember all that Jesus has done for you. Remember the wonder of your relationship with him. Remember he has saved and rescued you. The person you are talking to over coffee at the end of the service, Jesus loves just as much as you. That Jesus did all those things for them as well. So in fact, when you see them, see Jesus. And I think that's a really key principle. If we can do that, if we can see Jesus in the people we encounter, it really helps us feel that we are together as the body of Christ. So that's to do with having a grateful heart, grateful for all God has done for us. We need to have a servant heart because in this passage, we have one of the greatest examples in scripture of what Jesus did by emptying himself to come down onto earth to save and rescue us. And the reality is this world in which we live in does not like the idea of being selfless. In fact, one writer puts it, our society is a vast supermarket of desire in which each of us is encouraged to stand alone and go out and get what the world owes us. There's this kind of sense in which if I want to be happy, I need to pursue my own interests and grab the things I want and need for my life. But the funny thing is that does the exact opposite to what we might want. In fact, that can often isolate us and leave us feeling alone. That actually there's something about putting the interests of someone else first, actually serving them, that in doing that we actually find fulfillment. We actually find relationship, community and love. So the challenge for us in this COVID time, in particular as we come back to church, is recognizing that everyone is moving different speeds. You have your attitude to COVID. You have what you and your family do with regards to seeing people and obeying the regulations. There are probably as many interpretations of the regulations in this room as there are people. So the challenge for us as we come back together as church to do community and pursue the mission God has given us, we need to recognize we're all moving at different speeds. Some people are remarkably comfortable about being around other people, some people aren't. And so what we have to do is serve one another, put the interests of each other first, which means going at the pace of the person you're with rather than what you want to do or what you see happen. I had a brilliant example of this when one of my friends at a party started hugging people. None of us had been hugged in ages. And this guy's flying around the party hugging people. And it was interesting to see the different reactions on people's faces. The most alarmed was the assistant chief constable for Ava in Somerset. He looked positively horrified. He claimed he'd never even hugged his wife. Um, so we've looked at servant-hearted. Final point, joyful heart. <clears throat> Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Now, in church life, it is very easy to grumble and argue. Maybe not at Highgrove, but certainly my experience in church life is that it can be like that. And so what Paul is saying here is, guys, you don't want to be those negative mindset kind of people. You don't want to be a grouch. So I've got some top tips for you on not being a grouch. Number one is pursue the fruit of the Spirit. Because the reality is God says he wants to give us joy by his Spirit. So we need to pursue the Spirit of God and we will experience joy. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. 
If we're thankful about things, it transforms our mindset and the way that we act. The next one is that churches aren't helicopters. Now, some of you will be familiar with the line, why are churches like helicopters? Because you have to avoid the rotors. The reality is, if you want to feel engaged in church life, if you want to discover what community actually is, then serving together is one of the key ways we do that. So I would encourage people not to avoid the rotors, but to actively try and join one so that they can meet others, they can feel part of team, and together they can pursue the mission of God. Because that's the other thing, is we need to keep the mission in sight. With all the regulations and all the stuff that's going on, it's so easy to get distracted, so easy to miss what God wants us to do. So actually, we need to keep in front of us the fact that we are called to be in partnership together to see people come to know and love Jesus. And the final thing about not being a grouch is church is actually slightly bonkers at times. Stupid things happen. Let's not forget to laugh. Let's have some fun. Let's enjoy being church together. So, in summary, this passage in Philippians reminds us that God wants us to be partners together and have the attitude of Jesus as we work together to pursue the mission God has given us here in Sea Mills or for me over in Southmead, wherever we find ourselves in our workplaces, our streets, our homes, our schools. And actually the key to that is this grateful heart to have a servant heart and to be joyful hearted. Because Paul goes on to say, if we pursue these things and experience God's transforming power in our lives to change our hearts to be like that, then we will shine like stars in the sky. Because those attitudes will mark you out as being radically different from the people you encounter and will show the community around us here at Highgrove that God is in us and working through us. And we will shine like stars or as like Rob likes to say, we will have a light on every street, a light in every workplace and every family. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this book of Philippians, for what it teaches us about our partnership together, for the attitude we're to cultivate. And so we just ask now, Lord, that you'd come by your spirit to change our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be grateful for all that you have done for us and to recognize that in the people that we see around us as well. That, Lord, you'd give us that servant heart, that willingness to put the interests of others first. And finally, Lord, would you give us your fruit of the Spirit, Lord, to make us joyful people. People that enjoy life, enjoy spending time together, enjoy serving you. That something of the joy in us would shine into the lives of the people around us. So, Lord, help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.